Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 785. Uh, I would like to uh, plug a couple things on the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Our buddy Paul Shear uh, has a thing going with the Lonely Island. They're producing a new sketch show called Party Over Here. It stars Nicole Byer, Jessica McKenna, Allison Rich. The tapings will be in Los Angeles. They are free for people to attend. Whoa. They start Friday, February 5th. Info and tickets can be found at tiny.cc slash party over here. Tiny.cc slash party over here. And also... Friday, February 5th, which is the day this is going up, so hopefully you're in Los Angeles and you listen to this in a timely manner. Uh, Meltdown, where the Nerdist showroom is, uh, has the Peanuts-themed art show. The Peanut Gallery is a celebration of Charles Schultz's iconic Peanuts comics. Over 100 artists will be sharing their love for Charlie Brown. Opening reception will be Friday, February 5th at 8 p.m. at Nerd Melt Gallery and Meltdown just Comics. Charles. You, got your, you got your Lucy, you got your Linus in there. Hopefully Woodstock. there's a, a pig pen or two oh. uh, thrown in there. Maybe some... Uh, what a treat. Maybe maybe you can maybe you just like can see the lines of wah 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 wah. Uh, no adults oh, though. Yeah. Someone would have had to have yeah, done I'm that. Sure. I would imagine. Support local artists. Kid. I'm sure someone someone must have done. I guess we're gonna go and see like what just we could guess what the mashups are gonna be. You know, oh. it's like is there a Mario Peanuts mashup? Is there a Walking Dead Peanuts maybe mashup? A Charlie Brown, Charlie Murphy. Maybe there's a Charlie. <laughs> There may not be a Charlie Brown, Charlie Murphy mashup. <laughs> so I well, hope someone did sure. that. Go yeah. to find out. Go to find out. I, I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure how long the, the all the the work is going to be up, but it should be up for a little while. But uh, just go to Meltdown Comics website and look it out, or go to nerdmeltla.com. That should give you the info as well. This episode is Josh Brolin, who was a goddamn delight. Oh my god, new best friend. Matt, I'm telling you, <laughs> Matt and Brolin, like, they bonded, like, the bromance brewing between yeah. these two I mean, was for the new podcast, palpable. Brolin Out with Josh and Matt. <laughs> uh, probably going to have to happen now. Uh, Hall and Broats. <laughs> oh, huh? that's, bad. that's not bad. That's bad. Too close to Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. think. Anyway. <laughs> not too close to Hall and Oates. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> Well, includes too close to Simon and Garfunkel now we're at it. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't know. I hope Roland and Myra start a podcast. Uh, but uh, there's an extra special thing that kind of happened. I don't know if the, I don't think we tagged this on to the end. I'll kind of spoil the story a little bit. But the, they had the wardrobe for uh, Josh's movie Labor Day yep. at the ArcLight Theater on display. 
Which is a movie that you don't really need to have the wardrobe on display for. It was like a convenience store outfit. That was what was in a glass case. <laughs> so, Matt, so Josh brought it up and he talked about the movie and Matt goes, oh, I, I took a picture of the wardrobe and he's like, really? And at the end of the podcast, <laughs> Matt pulls up his Instagram feed and there's the picture <laughs> of the Labor Day wardrobe. It's me and Craig Rowan standing happily <laughs> next to this case with the Labor Day wardrobe and the, the caption I wrote, this is now... Two and a half years ago, the caption I wrote was, Wow, Labor Day. <laughs> and Brolin loved it so much, he took a picture of Matt's phone with Matt in the back making the hee face. So uh, we had we had a really great time. Uh, Hail Caesar is the movie that he's promoting. You should watch Josh Brolin in anything because he's a fucking fantastic actor. Uh, and it turns out now he's a good dude. That is in theaters Friday, February 5th today, so you can go see it right after you listen to this podcast. Uh, here's and before you go to Meltdown. And before you go Brown to Meltdown show. for the Charlie Brown show to see the Charlie Murphy <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> You're a good Charlie Murphy Charlie Brown. Oh, I love it. Here's the Nerdist Podcast number 785 with Josh Brolin. Katie. Roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. No real official start. Casual. You can swear up a storm if you feel like it. There's no content restrictions. Cool. And it's just a, a funny it's just a loose chat. The vinyl series. You know something about it. I know a lot about it. Well, uh, do tell. I don't know how much of this should be on the podcast. Well, let's listen well, and then we'll decide. Well, it's a rare amount. I told me a story. Name drop number one. Number two. Andrew Dice Clay is in the show. First episode. I gotta tell you a story about vinyl. He's in the pilot and uh, he. Had the scene where he gets spoiler alert, Andrew Dice Clay's character gets shot and killed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So every time he was doing the scene, he had to improvise a bunch of lines about, uh, "Yeah, don't fuck me, fuck you. I get fucked all the time." And then he threw in a line every time about even my twin brothers fucking my wife, so that when he died, he could be brought back. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> he did this take 12 times, and Scorsese finally goes, uh, all right, uh, Andrew, can we just try one without saying the brother line? <laughs> and then they do that one take of that, and he goes, okay, we got it. We got it. Oh, <laughs> he tried. We're not going to use it, but would you just do one without that? That's the big, that's you ne- the big You never fall for just one for us. Never <laughs> fall for the, just Ever. do this for I us. Just got into, I, I got into an argument with somebody. We were in the, the woods of North Carolina, and the guy was like, we were just thinking about literally changing one thing that would change the entire ending they're thinking about using it but can you just can you just you know i'm not going to do this to you i was like he goes and then i said no and he looked at me had the greatest puppy dog eyes and he goes don't you trust me oh and did you like fuck no okay that's That's very smart because that's the one they're going to use that is absolutely you you just proved it how many times has that story been told and you know amazing never with andrew dice clay because andrew dice clay it's like every story with andrew dice clay ends up bad (laughs) 
Somebody loses something. I just like that he's thinking. Uh-huh. They'll have yeah, to bring right? me back. I'll be so good in this. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those sort of like con job things that yeah. some actors. You know what you got to do is do yeah. your coverage this way, and they'll always yeah. have to. Like, there's some people that don't give it to them until they get in close. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, they're trying to game the system. Yeah, 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 they're trying yeah, to game yeah. the. I would never think that far. I would never think think That's that far ahead. Just mm-hmm. amazing. I, I, I think it's pretty ballsy too. With Scorsese, yeah. you know, like having Scorsese yeah, there sure. and being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna puppet master Scorsese. I'm gonna force him <laughs> to give me a twin brother exactly. in a thing. It's never gonna work." <laughs> Listen, I've given points for trying. I guess, <laughs> but do we have to cut all that out? We probably have to cut all that yeah, out because now, now the podcast starts. Hey, what? Explain a podcast to me. <laughs> Well, it's sort because of like, we're sitting in a room right now. We're sitting yeah. in a brick room with with um, that looks like you maybe do some. Yeah, but it's not kill room, sound, a podcast room. But it's yeah, but it's not really doing anything. Like those things aren't doing anything. They, these absorb sound. You, they, they, they do. They absorb women. just like these absorb absorb sound. That's right. They're, but this like doesn't. Screens. This is bad. <laughs> Uh, the and, the, and this and this yeah. definitely that's, doesn't. No, that's good. That's like good. you would have, like in a radio show, you would have glass, but in podcasts, you have <laughs> stuff like you that. We have tiny water nubs, and wow. we have somebody on the computer over here doing something. I don't know because we're we're actually talking and we're doing it. Yeah. Edit notes, <laughs> and then and then Katie will start. You're writing other down stuff. shit. Yeah, which I probably has nothing to do with this show. Has something yeah. to do with something. It's half and, and half. Then we have an audience behind us that it's I don't manifesto. know. Yeah, Kyle's they're approving show notes and writing. They'll tell. Uh, they'll tell the upper echelon how it went. <laughs> I am the upper echelon. This is it. <laughs> How'd it go? Went pretty. It went There's okay. Nobody who has a podcast who has who's upper echelon. Nobody. It, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not saying on. that in a rog- derogatory a way. He makes a point. He makes a point. He Dude, there's no such thing. Who like who has there's a radio no- show anymore? How Howard Stern. Howard Stern's does, and that's even that's not even terrestrial radio anymore. No, no. there are there are terrestrial terrestrial radio still hanging on. In New York still, still doing hanging sports on. Radio. So explain really quickly, even though it's a total bore for you guys and everybody yeah. listening to this, except mm-hmm. me. Yep. What is a podcast? A podcast is an hour or so of audio entertainment that can be downloaded on demand whenever you choose. On, you don't on have the to, Earth's internet. You don't have to the sit web. there at a certain time. <laughs> you can get web. it whenever you want, and you can listen to and it. you download it. Like yeah. you download, download a TED your, Talk or download, download a, a TED Talk, download a exactly. song or, or a song. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the, the, the beauty of kind of what became the podcast boom is that it became this medium where people could sit down and have a conversation. And right. It kind of humanizes – to people listening, folks right. like yourself, where people just see, oh, I see Josh in a lot of movies. I've seen him on short couch right. interviews, but you usually have to hit a couple points sound or bites. do a bit. They're sound bites. Yeah. This, we're not going for sound bites. It's anti sound bite culture. It's, sound what it is. Sound, it's yeah. anti sound bite culture. And it's a very that. intimate form of media for people because they. Put, so we're making love. We're not fucking. We're making love. Yeah, we're making. We're making we're love. Making love. Yeah. We're making love, doggy style. Uh, got it. No, you didn't no, have to put no. that. In. Why not? No. I think it's why not? That's lust. That's we're talking dip- about love. That's yeah. That's yeah. lust. We're talking about we're love. Talking about love. No. You talked about doggy style and pulling hair and yeah, like that's ropes not, and chains. That's yeah. a that's a that's a You're different genre of podcast. In what if I, I don't think you have a nice back? I mean, this is really judgy. I don't know if I appreciate the tone of this. Not have a nice back. I don't know what I love because I just I just did Conan right. And, and it's those moments that you don't know what to say, so you put something out there, kind of like you just did about the back. Yeah. And sometimes it works, and, and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. 
sometimes it conjures an image that's just better left unconjured. Mm-hmm. And then we just have a moment, and yeah. then we move on. But the important thing... But you have a great voice, though. Okay. So it makes up for <laughs> Thank you, Josh. The important thing is to never... Spend too much time on those moments, so then they just sort of skate by people. Right? No, I know, but I'm here but to going exploit back those to that previous moments. Moment. I mean, that's the best. But the po- you know, but a great thing about a podcast is that because people usually listen to it with headphones, right. it's very intimate. It is intimate, and they get they kind of feel like they're sitting in here with us, and they they listen to it in very. Um, very uh, meaningful parts of their day. It can be when they're having uh, good days, bad days, at work, on a treadmill. It could be when they're making love, and it would be like a double whammy for them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, baby. I just need to listen to Chris Arwick talk to Josh Brolin while we do it. I feel like, yeah, I'm not completely into it. I want my (laughs) orgasm to be amazing this time. Let's listen to a podcast. And that's going to make it amazing. I know. You know, it's weird. I know. It sounds weird, but I'm yeah. telling you, it works. No, I just, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. just what, plug that podcast in. Let's do it. If you loved me, you would listen to this <laughs> You see, podcast. that's what I mean about conjuring something, and sometimes it falls flat, so I think we should move on. Okay, no, I think we should exploit this bit <laughs> as much as possible. I you are going to say bitch. <laughs> let's exploit this bitch. Let's exploit this bitch um, until we drown out every That's all right. Every I'm willing pulp. to do that, too, whatever do you, you Have you done do. a lot of long-form chatty stuff, or is it mostly... Up here. All, oh, up here. all up in the brain. <laughs> all in the brain. Um, no, I, ha- I, I, have not, I haven't done a lot of podcasts. I have a lot of people ask me, like in Gold's Gym, dude, will you do my podcast? So what that's, which is why I wanted to know. Yeah. But like, dude, I have a podcast. Now you know what you're going to be saying no to all the time. No, like Bruce Buffer has a podcast. Uh-huh. And yep. I like, you know, I'm a big UFC fan. So he, we talk about his podcast. I listened to a couple of his podcasts, which were good. Yeah. He had a porn star on there once, speaking of making love. Yeah. Or the, the other thing we were talking about. And then, but then he'll have Rousey on there. He'll have Holly Holm on there. He has some, I like it. I like I've always preferred this type of thing, which is all joking aside. I've yeah. always preferred actually listen, listening to a full conversation as opposed to a soundbite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because they're, soundbite culture is, is very much like a test. It's yeah. like, okay, you're on. You got five minutes. You got to dazzle everyone so that they'll go see your thing. It's you're game gonna, show mentality. You're going to answer the same couple of questions you yeah. always answer, and totally. you get in, you get out, you get out. Totally. Yeah. What was it like? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I know someone asked you this already. <laughs> Slapping George Clooney. Oh, my God. How was that? What was that like? Did you rehearse? Did he? Literally. What did? How it's did that? It's been asked 2,000 times in the last two weeks. Has your, okay, so about this. So Has your ahead. answer evolved since the beginning? Did it you is, figure I out just, a way? Yes, yes, I did. No, well, a lot of it is impromptu, but I, I said, of what did I say most recently? I keep making it up. It's a great cha- It's become a great challenge to me. I will. This is ruining my career totally. Well, right? But this conversation, yeah, because I'm no, not this conversation, <laughs> no, oh. but conversations like this. <laughs> so because it's, be, I'm becoming more. I'm actually starting to feed off this stuff. I'm actually liking it. So the acting becomes very boring to me because it's all structured, right? Whereas this is unstructured, absolutely, and I prefer it. Uh, well, but I, but I would imagine like we might have a new podcast host on our network. Yeah. Uh, now, does it pay well? Oh God, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you do get this. Yep. As many of those own... waters as you want until we run out. We get, you get paid in water nubs. You can have up to you twelve can, of them. Get one. No, no, no. I have three left. Yeah, you have I've three. already done one already. My friend, nine more where these came from. My little stubby. I don't want to. Let me sweeten the pot with nine more water That's nubs. Funny. We have some behind. Nine more water. We nubs had a big problem wasting water, so we got the small uh, ones. But yeah. now we don't give a shit about That's wasting. All right. These don't hurt as much. <laughs> Oh, okay, Katie, okay, calm okay, down. Katie, geez. Go to your Bernie Sanders rally. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have to stop giving out water nubs to people. Everyone's getting free water. Free water for everybody. We're going to redistribute these water nubs. I think water it's, nubs. <laughs> I think it's good. I think, you know, it, it seems like having those moments where you can actually connect with other human beings. Mm. Because I would imagine, I mean, what are you doing on the set most of the time? Where you are you focusing this. on what this? You'd sit and talk with people. Yeah. Or 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 if you're on a Coen Brothers set, not. <laughs> you know, they don't what, really. They, what's they, the vibe? No, the vibe is good. We just if there's nothing to, there's nobody really feeling the pressure to uphold the conversation, which is kind of great mm-hmm. to be around, to an extent. And then when really d- nobody really cares about <laughs> upholding the conversation or continuing or instigating conversation, then there's a lot of, you know, laconic kind of downtime. Yeah. You know, there's some grunts and there's some monosyllabic, you know, movement, but it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, yeah, it's pretty dull. Is it, is it the kind of a set? It's where- all being manifested in the movie. Right. <laughs> so that's where it's coming out. Yeah. Not off off camera. Yeah. Are they, are they, is it the kind of, like, how do they run a set in terms of, do they call you in at eight, but just to have you there all day, or is it like they get you in, get well, you Well, for me, for this movie, I was in, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, so they called me, I, I worked a lot, I worked almost every day, I think I had two days off the whole time, but yeah, I'm in it um, five or six, and then I leave it, you know, five or six. Yeah. Maybe seven. Do you prefer free time, or would you? No. Prefer, no. No, I do. I like free time. But I was just in North Carolina and I was in the deep woods of North Carolina for four months. And it was, you know, between five and like 17 degrees every day. <laughs> and, you know, after what it sounds great. Or when we it, did Everest. Yeah. We're out in the middle of nowhere and we're, you know, we're actually climbing up to Everest and we're in Nepal and it's cold. And all of it sounds great when I talk to you in a really nice soundproof room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, at the time. At the time, after a while, it's work. It's work. Does that does being sub? It's fucking. It's not making love. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Does, does being, to bring it full. Circle. Are you the type of actor that needs to be submerged in the environment? Like, if we're going to move out Everest, we need to be at Everest. Or are you like, you know, we sort could probably of. fake some of this in a studio. No, but we did fake some of it in the studio. But I preferred actually being out there and doing it because when you fake well, it, hang on, you read that script though, right? You don't actually want to be on Everest. <laughs> no, but you did. No, but no, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You don't want to be. But we were. We climbed up. T- <laughs> Toward Everest, uh-huh. to Everest, to the base of. So we went to base camp. Yeah, we went to base camp, but we didn't. Oh. We didn't climb up Everest. No, that's not for me. Yeah, no, that's not for me. That's not um, for but yeah, to 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 fictitiously simulate, <laughs> you know, in snow, maybe in Utah. Let's sure, say, sure, might be nice. Yeah, might be nice. But we were actually in Nepal on Everest, and uh, and it wasn't until we got to the stages of London, where they had fifty mile an hour fans, and then because they couldn't. Free, they said they would. They promised they would. They would figure out a way to freeze snow, to keep snow frozen, uh-huh. keep snow snow on the stage, but they couldn't figure it out. So they used salt instead. Uh, oh, the next best thing. The next best thing. So that's, therefore, <laughs> the reasoning behind wanting to be – at that point, I would have climbed up. Sure. Sure. So you're saying that having a high-powered fan blowing salt in your face is not really not like the, the whole. Yeah. I know women love it, the whole exfoliation <laughs> thing, but that's that's gotten to an extreme <laughs> that's like not <laughs> bottle number two. There we go. Two out of four. <laughs> well, you better. The slow podcast down. is over. <laughs> you better slow four. down. Oh no! You better hide these. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, no, it's all good. I got him more. 
Did so at what point in your career? Because I mean, obviously, I, I know that some people, and I don't know if you saw our chunk doll over there, but uh, yeah. but there's a but there, there, there's a chunk doll. Oh, right there is, there, yeah, right behind, behind Deb. The, 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 oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because I have a friend who was a guest on the show, and Chunk is one of his lawyers. Oh, seriously? Yeah. yeah is it? No, I talked to him. He's one of the only guys that Sean Astin I see once in a while, but Chunk is is the guy that he. I had the most respect for him on the set. He was ten years old when he stuck his hand. No, no, no. <laughs> when they were pull it, pushing his hand in the blender, the Fratellis, he was actually crying. And I remember Spielberg and Donner coming from that set and going, this kid's amazing. This kid's amazing. They weren't saying that about me, but they were saying about, <laughs> him, about him. And he, you know, and, and of course that he's going to be the one that, you know, the standout, he's going to be the one that turns into a freaking entertainment lawyer <laughs> and surprise the shit out of everyone. Well, I was, I, he, no, he no, was no, but I'm not saying it. Blowing salt dude, I'm not face. saying it. Is ne- yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying it is a negative though. I think it's a, ama- it, you know, there's a, I give him a lot of credit. Um, uh, is this worth anything? No, uh, I don't think so because it's a it's a re like it's not a it's not an original. It's not an original. It's like a I have a doubloon somewhere. Oh, do you? Are you I serious? Do. You kept it? I did. <gasps> I did. I think we kept a couple of them. That might be know. worth more than that. I would I would assume it would be. I don't know really how much. Oh, this was eleven ninety nine plus tax. <laughs> <laughs> but tax is like ten percent in California, so yeah. you know like, you're tracking other data dollars. Sloth chunk mouth Mikey. No brand. <laughs> That's serious too. That'll be serious. No, we could we can get one up and get the bandana and like mock it up. I know, man. <laughs> I do that anyway. <laughs> I do that anyway. Is that how you work For, out at As goals? you said, entertainment. You have to. You can't tell me you haven't thought about going to Comic Con cosplayed as brand. I have. You I have, man. I told you. I'm like, like my career's over. I told you that. <laughs> um, that I like all that stuff. When we went and for Jonah Hex, we went and and they talked about to when I went for Thanos. Mm-hmm. That was that was quite a moment. Yeah, getting up on stage, putting that gauntlet on. So yes, I you know if there was a reason to go for Goonies, which it's a little you know it's thirty two years late, but thirty one years late. Um, if there were a Goonies two, I don't know. I don't know what this character would look like. You know, if he'd still be wearing the shorts and the sweats. <laughs> He just never grew it. He's the one character that just never stopped. I refuse to let it go. You've talked to those people, though. Those are like a lot of people in the 70s that are like that. They still have the, the shirt open down to the belly button. Yeah, why fuck they with something that works? They still dye their chest hair. Yeah, why Why mess with a wing? Yeah, but does formula? it work? That's the thing. Does it work? But the Goonies still works. You're right. It yeah, I'm, I moderated that panel at uh, Comic-Con when you... Came out and put you did. I did. Yeah, yeah. It was a couple years ago. Now, yeah, yeah. It was a couple years ago. God, I tell you what was amazing about that panel, and I remember, I remember Robert saying, "I won't say. I I don't want it to sound arrogant, but he, but he just. It was basically like a watch this moment without saying watch this, and he walked out on stage, knowing what how they were going to react. I've never seen anything like it. It's, I've never, it was like watching Mick Jagger come out on stage. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's incredible. That's the audience. You know, those people, it's 7,000 people in Hall H. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, they save up all year to go. They yeah. camp out the night before. They're exactly. sleeping out on the side. When they get in, 6,000 people or 7,000 people. And yeah. then they get to see, you know, you and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and, you know, and Chris Evans and, uh, yeah, and, and Ruffalo Johansson and, and Ruffalo. I mean, it's a big – it's because it's, they all know – I was really there for Don Cheadle, special. but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was there for James Spader. <laughs> I don't know. James was there for James. I was seeing <laughs> – 
<laughs> James was there for James. That was awesome. I I love James. The only person that wouldn't laugh at that joke yes, is James. James. Uh-huh. Of course, you know that. I mean, I, I love chapter two of James Spader because he was the quintessential, like, bougie douchebag in every great 80s movie. Totally. Amazing, too. Just like the Perfect. fucking feathered hair. Like the less than zero. The less than zero. Absolutely. All the way up to Wolf, yeah. the Jack Nicholson movie. Which he was great in, actually. He was great in it. Mike Nichols. And then just kind of, like, disappeared for a while. Yeah. And then came back, shaved head, like, black. Totally. Fist. Well, we did. We did a movie, me me and him and Minnie Driver. I don't even remember what it was called. I don't know if it ever came out. It was really, really bad. But he and I got along really, really well. And I don't know why, but I made him laugh a lot. And it was I liked making him laugh. And I remember I was offered a series after... Like maybe six months after that movie was over and we were still talking and I called him and I said, would you do a series? Because I wasn't sure because I loved the idea of doing movies and I didn't like the idea of doing series, which were very different back then than they are now. Limited series and everybody's like having this resurgence. Mm -hmm. The best writers are on limited series now and all that. So he said, no, man, TV is for like pigs or whatever he said. (laughs) And and then what did he do? What was the resurgence of James Spader? Blacklist, yeah. Was Blacklist? No, no, but it, no exactly. Oh, legal. Legal. No, oh, no. we're going back. Back further. Go back further, which was, God, man, there was one, what was the show before Boston Legal for James Spader? I know what it was for Robert Downey Jr., and it was, it was Ally McBeal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Remember when he would uh-huh. do those things, and he'd come on, he'd do the piano, and he'd sing? Well, Spader had one of those, too. And I don't know what it was, but then it was Boston. Was it another Legal. David E. Kelly show? I don't know. Because it could have been Boston Public. We'll look it up, or somebody Katie's will look it up, it up during. Oh, the, the practice. practice. Yes. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah. I, was say, I was gonna say Alf, but I would have been wrong. No, practices. Uh, who, 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 who was the showrunner on the practice? Wasn't that was David, David, was that David Kelly. Kelly? Yeah, I think it was. God, dude, right there. Good freaking memory. Nice. That's great. Hey, listen, That's I gotta education. remember. Did you know when Who's he married said, to Michelle Pfeiffer? I gotta remember. The that. only pigs uh, do television. Did you like? Did you send him a little stuffed pig and be like, congratulations? No, I should have. I remember trying to use a late. word with him. I was in my mid twenties, and I used like it wasn't vilification. It was like um, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> We call it, it's called sesquipedalianistic, and sesquipedalianistic is when you use words that are fifty cent words when smaller words would be much more effective, <laughs> right? And it was like it got oh God, I'll remember the word in a second. But he goes, that was the greatest pause. He goes, what did you just say? <laughs> and I had even fucked up the word when I said it. Like there was some trip over one of the you know seventeen syllables. So I didn't talk to him after that. I didn't want to. I was that was it. Yeah. No, that was, that was basically the end of the relationship. And then yeah. I saw him with you at that panel. And I hadn't seen him in years and years and years and years. Should have used the word again. And he said, call me. You know, like, hey, you know, I'm on this show, this fucking series, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. I go, yeah, you're, you know what? You're succeeding highly is what yeah, you're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, he definitely. That's part of his charm, though, is he has that thing, you know. Fuck. But he's, but, but I understand, though, because <laughs> he came, he must have come out of that period when he first started that, you know, film people don't do television. Well, exactly. Those no. things don't meet. Totally. No, you start with television, you die with television. And now some of the best content is on tele, you know. Purely. Like, Netflix or cable or limited series like Amazon, like Amazon. No, all the it's greatest a lot of stuff. stuff that should all have been a movie in 1998. 
Yeah, like totally. The, like that Jennifer Lopez Ray Liotta show. I'm like, oh, I would have watched that right after Out of Sight. That no, totally. And did you see that show? I didn't. I didn't did watch you see it, Shades no. of Blue? I, I haven't seen it. It either. looks good. It actually looks good. Does it not? But it looks like something that should have been an hour and a half, and I could have then left. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. You, think, you know what I mean? I thought, like, how I long are you going to com- It was a compliment, but it's not necessarily a compliment. It, well, it is. I got to watch this all year. Come on, come on. I have to do anything. I got to watch this shit. You're making me watch this shit all year. I, I, I think like all those Ashley Judd movies were an extended. Where like they were just all episodes of the same series, right? Wasn't, no, that was yeah. The, like she had a run of like Long those, Came the Spider. Yeah, uh, Double Jeopardy. There were, there were a couple Jeopardy. of. Kiss the girls. Kiss the girls. There was like a like the. It was like Freeman it's basically, up. and I don't mean this insultingly, but there was it was the same movie. Yeah, it was like a limited series. Yeah. And then one would be Morgan Freeman, and one would be. This is interesting. What we should contact these screenwriters who wrote those and say, right? "Would you like to do a limited series?" <laughs> They're like, "We already did it. <laughs> we, already did. Yeah, we did it in '98. In '98, <laughs> we were ahead of the curve. Well, we're going to shorten we're it, adopted. and uh, we're going to pay you every week." But yeah. do you like being stuck That's with a character for a while, or do you like just kind of getting it out of the way and then moving getting on? Getting it out of the way. It's probably six series. None of them lasted except for. The Young Riders. I did The Young Riders mm-hmm. with Anthony Zerby and Stephen Baldwin and Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. That was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. For three years. and uh, <laughs> But that was fun. We had a good time. And it was a Western. But no, I don't, I don't like that. I did a series. What was the last series? Second to last series I did was, was a thing called Mr. Sterling that would, was set up. Ready? To be a big hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's always the- until nobody saw it, <laughs> and then they they got confused because pe- in order to have a big hit, I, apparently people have to watch. That's the show. part of the formula for. I that. guess that's part of. I've the wanted someone for so long to do like a supercut of all the times Al Michaels or Jim Nance has had to promote some bullshit CBS or NBC show <laughs> totally. that is totally. gone. And, right. But it was like the fucking Sunday Night Football. You know we're gonna really the, rev you know, this thing up. And the poor actors on that yeah. show. They're yeah, like yeah, yeah. the networks behind this. They're putting it. Right Right behind totally. football, it can't fail. Totally, those totally. words are. If anyone ever says those words to me, like you just fucking ruined it. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. can't say that. So, you can't uh, say that. Internet, please make that supercut uh, so I can watch it. But with exactly. movies, you know, you you do them and then you do you just do them and forget about them, or do you? No, actually... you don't forget about them. Like this last one, I like the guy. Like I saw the movie recently, and I was I told you I was in the woods of South Carolina mm-hmm. doing this Danny McBride movie, and and. Uh, and I, wa- I hadn't seen Hail Caesar, and a lot of times I'll sit there and I'll watch them edit because I like them and they're my buddies. And as much shit as I talk about them, I really enjoy them thoroughly, thoroughly. And and they're just they're just nonplus. They don't have there's no pretense, there's no ego. There's like so I enjoy watching them, you know, in their process and their economic process of editing. And I wasn't able to do that, so I saw the movie pl- pretty cleanly, and and the movie's good. I mean, a lot of times you watch a movie, you work your ass off. And you totally immerse yourself in every way that you can. You try to create as much variation as you can. So they have stuff to work it with if tonally it's not working. They go, well, he did do a take that was kind of off and like kind of one for, you know, the, the cutting room floor. But it actually works better with what we're trying. You know, it's more interesting. And then you watch the movie and you go, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, and I have a few like that, you know. And then with this, you know, you watch it and you go, God, I love being in a good movie. 
It's like really flirting with disaster. Yeah. No country for old men. Yes. There's a few out there, Milk, you know, that I feel really, really good about. Did you feel it on the set when it was happening? No, you never do. You never do. Never do. It's usually the opposite. Like Sicario, I did a movie, Sicario, yeah, and course. I finished that movie, and I was like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's too – and I've said that to Denis. I've said that to Roger Deakins, and I was just like – you know, it was just – it was just – I don't know structurally where it's at, and it was this, and the flip-flops, and is that stupid, and – you know, and then people watch it and they're like, oh my God, the flip flops. <laughs> you know? What was it like slapping Clooney? <laughs> and, that, and then it works. And then you start to realize that people, like, you don't ever put down a film. It's like I did a film, my second film was called Thrashing. Mm-hmm. And it was the reason why I went to New York, thinking at that moment that New York was the only place on earth that you can actually become an actor. Yes. It's the, you have to go to New York if you want to be any kind of an actor. And this was 1986. 1986, yeah. 1985, 19, yeah, 1986, when it, once it came out. And after doing an episode of Highway to Heaven with, <laughs> with Michael Landon. Oh, I have all my Michael Landon questions. That we're oh, do you? To. No, not really, but oh, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. have any answers? Oh, no, 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 but that would be good, though. That would make for an interesting podcast. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the long-awaited Highway to Heaven podcast. Exactly. Where we break down every episode. But anyway, no, no, let me just finish this. So, 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 the... You, you do a movie that you don't like, that you watched and you realized, I have to learn this acting thing, otherwise I should quit to save people the pain that they have to experience watching what I create. And then, and then years later, somebody says, wow, you were in Thrashing. And you go, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and I didn't mean – and then you realize after a while that, no, 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 it's not up to you to apologize. It's not up to you to judge it. It's not up for you to even project how you feel about the movie because – lives have been built on thrashing <laughs> do you know what i mean and i'm serious they were like dude i started skateboarding because of that movie and it changed my life and my family and it was going through this at the time and you saved my life man so you're not the best judge go, right you're not a judge you shouldn't judge at all at all acting can have a, a massive impact whether you think you suck or not when uh, I was at movies can i was <laughs> i was doing new york comic con one year and it there was a, it was the tomorrowland panel and George Clooney Saw was on that. the panel, and uh, the first thing I said to him on the panel was, uh, hey, sweet Bruce Wayne cosplay, which I thought was a funny joke, because mm-hmm. he played a Batman. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he instantly was like, hey, I just want to apologize oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. know about the nipples on the suit. Yeah. I apologize to Adam Westback. Like, he was right. so self-deprecating about the whole thing. Yeah. But, but, you know, I... <laughs> Even though he wasn't the darkest knight, it was fun, and he was fun. Sure, it was but, fun. But to, to even see a guy like Clooney in his head he go, fun. "Oh, I, you know, I, I'm aware. I feel like yeah. I need to apologize." I for blew, this. I blew it for everybody on the planet. <laughs> and also, it's kind of arrogant if you think about it. He was well, on the other side. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne. He was an excellent Bruce Wayne. He was, but he was <laughs> not a great Batman. Not a great Batman. <laughs> I had a great I'm Batman. very curious about seeing this new Batman. I'm actually, I very, know, very. I just saw the poster. We were we were in uh, we were driving a, a, through Westwood, mm-hmm. and I looked to my left at this old movie theater that I used to go to, and there was the face of Batman and the face of of I'm, Superman. I'm I'm I, cautiously. I, optimistic. We're all we're all cautious, but yeah. but we're always cautious. I mean, remember Val Kilmer? Yes. Yeah. Remember? I remember. Forever, not as bad as people remember. Not great. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer in that movie is great. I think yeah. him as Batman, he's, it's a pretty decent yeah. attempt at a Batman movie. Attempt, yeah. yeah. Like the greatest Batman so far is the well, first of Christian Bale. 
Yes. It's the greatest movie, at least. Yes, you're 100%. It's the greatest movie. Because the original, the original, the original. Well, and, and, I mean, unless I count Kevin Conroy from Batman the Animated Series. Batman, Kevin Conroy is amazing. Batman the Animated Series, great. But then, of course, count him. Yeah, it's awesome. But even, but when you watch Tim Burton's original one, you know, as much as I love Tim Burton, that's one of the movies that does not really hold up because it's very, very, very dated. It's very dated because you have this what 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 they did on the Batman series, which is, by the way, where my mother met my father. (gasps) My dad played a cop. On the Batman series, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw it recently. It was very funny. He was not very good, but did you just, <laughs> but, did but you just it, happen to catch it, or did you watch it deliberately? I think my brother sent it to me. I think my brother <laughs> sent me a YouTube version. But you know how they used to do the diddle, 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 yep. and they dutch the Tilt, camera, yep. especially when Joker came mm-hmm. out. They they dutch the camera, and that was Tim Burton's version when he did it. He dutched the camera a lot, didn't he? Yeah. Right, he did yeah. a lot of dutching. That's a, that was his homage. Did you ever talk to your parents about working on the original Batman? No, series? I did. I talked to my mom about it. My mom told me that she was assistant casting on the series of Batman, and uh, and then my dad did an episode, and that's where they met through his uh, was it his manager or his buddy. I can't remember, but he set him up, and they were married twelve days later. <laughs> oh, the sixties. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. People didn't really date. They were just actually. like, no. "Hey, you seem nice. Let's get hitched." No, my mom's from Texas, and she just liked to make things happen. <laughs> she made that happen, and she made me happen. <laughs> That's fantastic. You are, you are, you are here because of Batman. So I am. This, this really does this. It I, resonates. I think it, you actually. I think you would have been a good Batman. I don't, you know, I, t- I told you, I talked to them. I didn't tell you, but I'm telling you now. Um, <laughs> I talked to them. I talked to them about it. I talked to him. What's his name? Zach. Mm-hmm. Zach Snyder. Yeah. But no, ben, Ben's, a, Ben's, a, Ben's a good pick. He'd be a good Harvey Dent. Be a good Harvey, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I, I, that doesn't interest me. No? I don't, no, it doesn't. No, the other thing interest, interested sure. me. But no, the Harvey Dent didn't, and I don't know, I have my, I'll talk to you about it off the air. Sure. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, we're not recording anymore. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. And then you can tell us how much Thanos but is going Har- to appear. Why, okay. why, why Harvey Dent? Why? Why? why it doesn't resonate. Why doesn't it resonate? Two Face resonates. Sure. Is that Harvey Dent? That is Harvey Dent. Yeah. I mean, so, so you know. So you know. Okay. So this Harvey is what Dent I'm thinking. Is is when I saw Batman Forever. Right. Yeah. God, man. Tommy Lee Jones. You're yeah. fucking good, dude. Right. He's a Wikipedia. Matt's a Wikipedia. Um, yeah, uh, that was pretty great. Yeah. I enjoyed that very much. And I enjoy Tommy when he comes out of his comfort zone, mm-hmm. which I think he's very good at, and does that crazy yeah. thing. I think he saw Jim Carrey and was like, oh, fuck. All right. Here we okay. go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. totally. he, kind of, he, kind of, he did that in Natural Born Killer, too. Yeah. Killers. 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 Natural Born Killers, yeah. Killers, too. Yeah. Now, Tommy Lee Jones... Sorry, dude. I he just got seems like a fun-loving guy. He d- right? Seems like a fun-loving Funny. guy. Funny. Loves to laugh. Tommy, stop. Loves to have a good Tommy, time. stop. I mean, his face is always in a frozen and a smile. I, yeah. and I, I, I love Tommy Lee Jones. I Me think too. he's fucking like, amazing. Me too. But I've done four, three movies. Already. Yes, but where I'm getting at is how do you play a young Tommy Lee Jones and how does he take that? I have no idea. You didn't? To this day. I have no idea. No, you don't ask. Hey, what do you think? <laughs> hey, what I hey this about is you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big chief. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't go. Good job, kid. Never. <laughs> Come on. I swear to God. But isn't that in character for personally yes. in character yes. for who he is? You know, like cutting back to him at the Oscars, or whatever, in that frozen oh, it's non-smile. Frozen. It's great. You know, you have to have Tommy's in the world. You have to. And I'm very happy because when they asked me to play that, Barry Sonnenfeld asked me to play it because I had done an impression of him. 
while we were out drinking one day with the Coens or whatever, and I had done a, a bad impression. And then Barry was like, "Hey, Brolin, you know, I think we're gonna do this movie, and you know, you do Tommy. It's funny." <laughs> did, and, was he wearing they, a cowboy hat when he did that, or who? Yeah, who? Barry. Barry was. <laughs> dude, you're amazing. You're amazing. Yeah. But uh, he did. He had the cowboy hat on and the boots when we were out. <laughs> And then when I so I was shitting my pants and I was down in Mexico and I had I had my computer I was with a couple of friends down there who were in another apartment because I was basically in my apartment for eight hours a day watching Men in Black one mm-hmm. I didn't like the second one uh-huh. it was a different character if right. you actually watch Tommy it's a different character it's not the same character so even though it's it's supposed to be and then I watched it so I must have watched it thirty or forty times and I take GarageBand out and I just do one line and I try to get the line and I was I could not get any thing and i was like this is a huge i've made a huge fucking mistake there's only room for massive failure here and there's no i can't even begin to imagine succeeding at this now and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and then i got a syllable and i was like holy shit and then i'd go to sleep and i'd wake up the next morning and be gone and i'd get a syllable again two days later and then i'd go drinking and then i'd go talk to the mexicans down there and in tommy voice because i was too afraid to do it in America, <laughs> or at least the United States, and then finally I got the courage enough to do it in America, and then finally once I showed up on the set, I was comfortable enough with it to do it in front of Barry. And I remember the fir- after the first take, Barry came around the corner and he had tears streaming down his face. And then and then I looked at Will for an explanation. Is that is he happy? Is he sad? Does he feel like he failed already? Is he stoked? And Will was laughing hysterically. So he couldn't even talk. He was laughing so loud. And then I looked from Will to Barry, who was crying hysterically, back to Will, who was laughing hysterically. <laughs> and you've no and idea what's going on. I still don't to this day. <laughs> no idea. Oh, God. But it seems like... Just from stuff that I've read about you and even hearing you talk about, like, Thrasher, it seems like... Thrashin. Thrashin. Uh, sounds like... It's, it's, it, it sounds like you're... I'm, God, I'm sorry. I really... Just God, get it right. Fuck bro. everything. <laughs> Don't even turn that Don't off. Don't throw your keys. You need <laughs> those. <laughs> no, you're at it. Here, wait. That's just rude. <laughs> I didn't have Thank you. Thrashin. Barry Seinfeld's uh, shot... Uh, Adam's family here, and Adam's family values on this here lot. This on this lot. lot? Yep. Yeah, that was good right actually. There. Adam's Very family good. values was phenomenal. Adam's it was family, phenomenal. Adam's family is great. First one's good. Second one's better. The first one I saw. Second one is better. I saw the first one two summers ago at uh, the cemetery. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Which I saw. The last thing I saw <sighs> there was uh, Fast Times. Nice. Oh, which was great. Uh, it totally great. holds up. It does hold but, up. Like, that it was totally a surprising thing up. about Adam's family was yeah. how much the jokes hit still first and how second. funny it was. The first one, it was first the first one. one. Yeah. It was amazing. But the second with Peter McNichol. Yes, and I don't remember. I remember too. the first one. The, the camp one. counselors, where they're camp counselors and they go remember. to the camp. It is. John Cusack's in it. Yeah. Joan? Yeah. Joan Cusack's oh, right. in it. It's spectacular. It's really, really, really. Christine Baranski's in it. I would love to see Joan in another, another movie. Oh, yeah. Of like, course. Joan was in like every great movie and she was always good did you watch her in on shameless on showtime no she was great in that she's always great she's always she been great she's in everything. i didn't know that there's even even in 16 candles where she's a girl with a brace trying to drink from a fountain and then dabs her mouth with the the tiny little skirt on That's her amazing. sweatshirt She's flawless every single time. Joan Cusack is flawless. Dude, that description was awesome. <laughs> That's totally what it was. But it's, Sixteen candles still still holds up. 
But mm. the but it sounds like sometimes I get the sense just from stuff that I've read about you. Mm. Feel like you're hard on yourself sometimes. You're like, oh, that movie, I'll probably never. I'm never. Do you no. think that's true? That I'm hard on myself. Yeah. When I'm doing it, I'm hard on myself, and then I'm hard on myself afterwards because it's like you know, it's a tone to take with on podcasts and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm, I, I am when I'm doing it. I am. I am. You know, I look, man. I, I said this. I was talking to my daughter. My daughter has this thing coming out in Showtime. She, it's called the the Lost Girls, Manson Family, right? Mm-hmm. And she plays one of the Manson girls, and she's amazing in it, right? And 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 she, we were talking and just, and I'd never talked to my daughter about work and she's an adult now, she's 22 and all that. And I was like, the thing is, man, is that you have to earn your check. We're in a really strange business. And even if it does, I mean, especially if it does well, there's something about you that's like, yeah, but I didn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think you it want... shouldn't feel like anything? It sh- yes, ultimately, it should feel like it shouldn't feel like anything right. to you when you watch it. Right. But to us, we should always be prepared, always be professional, always give 100%, always, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. But and even though you only get, you know, four to five hours sleep a night for three months and you go a little crazy. I mean, I've been out in the woods, man, for four months. I'm a little, <laughs> the interviews are going good because I can't think about them. I'm not nervous at all, only, purely because I literally don't have the energy to be. You were you were stuck in a forest for a I while. Was stuck in a forest for with a long Danny McBride. While. Were yeah. you and Danny McBride remaking The Revenant already? <laughs> no, The Revenant. Danny, Danny plays the bear with the. Re- yeah, exactly. I've heard stories about that bear. <laughs> it was a little handsy. Yeah, the bear was a little handsy. I thought that was a really good movie. I was, agree. But they movie. but they had hot tubs and stuff. We did not. Oh, someone's uh, jealous I got a bone and needs to, to update I got his a bone rider. With it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I it, it, is, kind, it is interesting that your your daughter is a part of this multi generational acting family. Yeah, totally embrace it now. And you, I mean, what did you take away from that? And your dad that you passed down. I mean, what did you learn? There was no passing down. That's what's so funny. Sam Rubin, <laughs> he, he, he interviewed my daughter and a couple of those kids, and they were and basically asked like the actor dad kind of question. And she and my daughter said the greatest answer I've ever heard. I don't know, man. <laughs> a girl saying that too, which I thought was even better than if I had said it. And then I saw him, and I was like, he was like, "Hey, I talked to your daughter." I was like, "I know, man." Um, it, but it, there's nothing handed down. It's in like a, like a plumber, and his son followed in his footsteps. Well, and what all that. Uh, cult TV show did you meet her mother on? Did it? Oh, I, <laughs> dude, how do you? No, no way. No, I'm seriously asking because if your oh, dad sorry. met your mother. On Batman, oh yeah, which no, is a cult TV it sounds show. like there might be a no, but I did. I met. I forgot that I, did, I met my my kid's mom on a series that I did when I was nineteen called Private Eye. Yeah, which was kind of like you know people actually still go back. It's not like cult like what we were talking about, mm-hmm. but where people still go because it was ten episodes, but it was all the guys from Hill Street, Miami Vice, uh. and St. Elsewhere that got together and did to this day the most expensive pilot ever done. And it was me and this guy named Michael Woods. Anyway, I met her on that thing. And it took place in the 1950s. And I had uh, a a pompadour that they said needed a building permit. I I drove around a 49 Merc. It was really cool. It was very cult-ish. You know what I mean? Um, and that's where I met her. Yeah, wow, but so of course you have to you weaving the Brolin tapestry it's here. Right? People, it's difficult that's to meet funny. people anyway. But when you when you have such a weird, almost transient lifestyle totally. as an actor, like how, how do you yeah, like carnies? You yeah, kind of. But yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we all have limps and tattoos, and we all have you know a couple of teeth left. <laughs> you all get up in the morning and do a show. But yeah. at what point did you start to feel okay with everything? Or what, did you ever feel secure? Do you always feel like there's a fire under your feet, or do you always, or does it? Yeah, but in a good way. I mean, don't you want the responsibility of? I mean, you're waiting in the parking lot very sweetly with your with your with your nice jacket and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I and I get so. out of the car. You're like, hey man, how are you? And you're playing it cool. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Yeah. And you're going, how the fuck is this podcast going to go? Yeah, I never know. You, had, you have no idea. No. So if you don't care, in your playing it cool, <laughs> if you don't care, it will come across and it will be a different kind of podcast. Sure. But if you play it too, like, fuck, this is great, dude. I was this and Thanos and with this and the Goonies. And then all that. And then that will. I did of, a lot of no, that. No, you did not. Okay, you did like not, actually. You did not. But then you have to kind of instigate. Where it's what's going to happen? Where it's going? You have to finesse it. It's a lot of stress, is what I'm saying. I is feel it like not? You, it is, well, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, like I've done so much. I've done this so many times that I don't. I feel like it goes where it goes, and also I do care, but I also care enough to let it go. Because if you care so much that you're like, this has to be perfect, that's you never, never give worked. up, but you let you let it. It's go. It's never worked when you try to over engineer something or you try to. You right. try to hug something to death, right. Lenny style. Like it never, it never works. Okay, so let's take like let's say a one minute segment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's see how that segment is. Okay, and then we start to not that we're doing it's not an exercise, okay. but okay. I'm just putting together a <laughs> sure. scenario. So <laughs> he was like, okay, He's so literal, okay, okay. so literal. So I mean, and my first word is is <laughs> freezing is, the location. Yeah, freezing. <laughs> And you know, an no. occupation? So you look at that one-minute segment. It's an important one-minute se- segment. It's the only one that's going to go on the air. And then you start to – and you can with the person that you're doing it with. You start to reconstruct it. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about it? What's, where's a pause? Where do we need to breathe in order to, for that laugh to work? We can't be funny the whole time. Right. We got, that's what making movies is like. And hmm. when you have to do something 20 times, yeah. I mean it's <laughs> – it is trying to find, you know, for one angle, 20 for times. For one angle, and 20 times. And say there's nine different angles throughout the day. Do, but I always wonder. Gotta blow your mind right now. What about nine cameras? What about nine cameras? Which saying. I've done, which I've done with Ridley Scott. Of course. Yeah. We but I was, that's why people cameras. like fucking Ridley Scott so much. Dude, nine cameras. <laughs> seven Actors cameras, love Ridley Scott. <laughs> and I've tried to figure it out, and you just nailed nine it. Nine cameras. Shoot with you nine go cameras. You do it. You don't good. even know where the camera is. Yeah. They shot Prometheus in t- four days. I don't know if you know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Done. No, no, no. Scott even got out. I Dude. think it was written in four days. Just kidding. I love Damon Lindelof. I liked Prometheus a lot. That would be a way better joke if there wasn't a Prometheus 2 actually happening. I really like Prometheus a lot. But but I always think about just the way things evolve and then once you kind of get into something and it becomes organic and it becomes, you get it in your molecules. When you've done something 20 times, do you ever get to the point where you go, ah, fuck, I think I just figured it out. But now it's way in the back and there's I can't go back to doing it the way that I've figured out now. Yeah, but that's why you have to let what you just said you have to do with every take. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Robert Duvall said it the best. You have to treat every take like a rehearsal. But then also don't forget if you eat lunch – like, okay, we got to break flat. Then you come back, your brain's literally toast because you've just eaten lunch. So all that energy, because you've woken up at 5 o'clock in the morning, only had five hours sleep for the last – see, I'm talking faster mm. now because it's like I'm conjuring energy. You're there just to, to do think it. about it. So, so, so you eat. You could be fucked. Like I go, I can't – if I – meat, okay? No, I stick with the vegetables because if I eat the meat, I'm going to get tired and I'll literally start to forget <laughs> entire scenes. It's it, It's – 
I kind of think there should be a, a an, an acting program that is about all this other ancillary shit where they do, where you, you go, like, you do your scene really fast. And they're like, okay, we break for lunch. You go out to a lunch truck and they give you, like, tri-tip or whatever they serve, like, where everyone gets yeah. stomach aches, you know, because the food's yeah. really heavy. And they got to go back and do their scene. And then they have to, then they have to do press junkets. And then yeah. they have to, like, everything that surrounds it. Totally. Just to show people, like, are you sure yeah. this is what you want to do? Because the thing that you say you want to do is what you will actually spend the least time doing. Yeah. Yeah. But, and can you imagine, by the way, let's put something else on it and go back to like Nick Nolte days yeah. of like in the seventies, you know, when they'd put like, they'd get out gauze and they'd like put cocaine in the gauze and roll it up and shove it up their ass. <laughs> oh my God. So they didn't, you know, get their nose. So far. You know, I mean, fantastic. the day is the great. I didn't days. even know that's something a person could do. No, I, I just made that up, but, but it you know. sounds totally plausible. Oh, no, it, it is plausible. Like. Cause okay. I'm, I made it up about Nick Nolte. I, I didn't make it up about other people. I got news for you. Nick Nolte is never going to hear this. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, Josh, it's Nolte. I got a bone no, to pick. That's not true because Nolte is the kind of guy, because I've known him for a long time, he's the kind of guy, like, if he's not taking his blood and, like, studying his blood, he's probably listening to podcasts. <laughs> Man, I found this great thing. They're called podcasts. You know. Have a sip. Um, really helped fill, he, fill the opening. The gauze left. Exactly. Doing that. No, but like great stories back then, and people would act like that. They would act. They would actually professionally go to work and be like super fucked up. Super fucked up. Yeah, that's amazing to me. But it's difficult, and it, you know, I could never do that. No, whatever reputation I had that was not true, I could never, <laughs> ever, ever do. I couldn't imagine. I know even people would totally, they'd smoke pot and they'd yeah. actually act better. Well, that's what they would say about Kelsey Grammer on Cheers, like because he was drinking a lot at that time. Oh, right, right, and right. They would say that he'd be like a mess, and then yeah. action, and then he'd fucking he'd nail be it on it, and then yeah. back to being a mess immediately. Still not healthy, yeah. and you still can't maintain that no. for, for long. No, that's, especially that's why as, he doesn't drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially as you get older, you cannot. You just can't maintain that anymore. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I mean, can't like, maintain much <laughs> when you get older. Can't maintain your. It's shocking pee. to me. The older you get, how much, erections, how many steps, erections, how many you steps maintain. you have to do just to feel okay. Yeah. Just to like I, anyone who's like twenty five, yeah. you would take for granted that you just wake up feeling okay. Yeah. And not like oh I gotta oh that's weird oh that's, that's kind of strange. Yeah 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 yeah. It's not yeah. It's not about involuntary. F- Anymore. <laughs> you know I mean? I, when I was in college, I was a golf course, and old men would fart around each other all the time, and none of them, there was just like this code. No. And they never acknowledge. Yeah, it. but I hate that. That makes me so irritated. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. And then nobody laughs. It's freaking funny, man. And if you don't laugh, that's not okay. Like you should be. That should be it. Like euthanasia, right there. I mean it. I, I would have spent most of my time pointing and laughing at flatulent old men if of that course. were the case. These were largely humorless people, though. It doesn't yeah. matter. Farting's funny <laughs> to everybody. Makes it Unless you're funny. in Russia, and then what is it like if you're in Copenhagen or something and you burp? It's actually a, like a, a, it's a nicety. Yeah. It's a compliment. I believe in Japan as well. Is it? Yeah. I believe in Japan. It is a signal of uh, this, is a, this was a good meal. This yeah. was an enjoyable Honoring an enjoyable the meal, meal that you just yeah. had. Yeah, well, that's just freaking weird. But it's yeah, the <laughs> farting thing is funny, and it should be in Japan also. It should be, far, farting is funny everywhere, everywhere, everywhere you go. It's even- funny, <laughs> dude. That wasn't even funny what I just did, and five people behind me just cracked up. 
That's farting. Putin, right they can't there. see. Even oh, Putin laughs at farts. Absolutely. Even Putin. As well he Even should. Tommy Lee Jones. Laughs at farts. Actually, I think maybe he doesn't. No, I, I bet mean. you he does. I bet you he'll pull oh, out yeah, a leg lifter. Me? On the set of Space Cowboys, I'm sure James Garner was farting up a storm exactly. in that cockpit. Exactly. Eastwood's like, ah, oh, fuck, James. What are you Dude. doing up there? Cut, cut. Can we cut, please? Oh, God. I, I did. Half it is been Yeah, Garner's been cutting for the last hour. Exactly. Duvall gets going. Oh, that's a James good cast. Gar- that is a good that's cast. A good, cast. good cast. The outtakes of that must be kind of amazing. I know. I'm I sure. wish they had them, yeah. Have you ever worked with someone that you... that? freaked you out that you thought that you had to kind of get around your fandom or or are you once you get on a set are you pretty much like now nah, we're all actors and everyone's all the same i get nervous i mean i do get nervous i got nervous in men in black but i don't know if it was because of anybody i mean i like will and all but um but we went outside so, I mean, maybe it was because of this because so we went to to the bronx and people had, nobody had shot in the bronx shot in the Bronx for a while and we went to a bowling alley and we got there at like five in the morning. There was nobody there. I mean, it's, it, you know, and it's not like city city. It's, it was, mm-hmm. it's open and big parking lots and stuff. And we went in to rehearse for an hour. There was nobody there when we got there. Nobody, nobody was awake. And then we got there, we went into rehearse, we came out and there were a thousand people outside. Oh Jesus. Screaming at the top of their lungs when Will came out. And then I came out afterwards, and, I <laughs> and nobody. There was like one dude that was like Goonies, you know. And, but but there a thousand people went insane, and I remember after that that whole day I was nervous, and I wasn't. I think it, I'm just remember. I'm just realizing it now. But no, to answer your question, who it's like the thousand people that are there to run Will's bus? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard about that too. There was a great story about the bus because I came. The, the, somebody called me when we were driving to work, and they said, "Hey, Will needs to use. They need to put. <laughs> they need to put Will in your trailer because there was a short in his his trailer, his massive trailer." <laughs> And I was like, I was not okay with it. I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean, man? He's going to put him in my trailer. Why don't they just put him on stage? You're right at the stage right there. Why have to put him in my trailer? Why do I not get a trailer? Because his two-story trailer, like, blew a fuse. That's not very nice. Treat me like shit. And, uh, and they were like, and I looked at the assistant, and I was like, what? And she goes, it's just okay, and they're going to they're gonna change it, and I'm sure they're going to. And finally, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. But I really wasn't. <laughs> right. So I got there, and then the transpo guys, I always get along with trans, transpo guys, and they came up to me, and they go, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, we're going to set you up on stage. There's a little tiny room in there. If we just go in there, it's fine. I was like, it's all right. I just don't understand, but it's okay. It's all right. And they say, just come over here. And then, So I go back, and then they say, and oh, and they put two chairs, and they put Will's security in front of my trailer, which pissed me off <laughs> even more. I was like, fuck trailer. Will. You know? Because <laughs> I said, yeah, I can't even get by the trailer. My own trailer. Excuse me, sir, can I help you? Can I help you? So I'm they take movie. me back here and they go, look, the door's over here. You can't go in this one, but the door's over here. And they took me back, took me back, took me back. And then it was revealed that they had gotten a VW bus. They had built a roof on it. They opened the side doors. They carpeted it. They put a little TV in there. They put a chair as my new trailer. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> Which is pretty great, man. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. How cool. long before you got your actual trailer back? No, I, I got it back right away. Will didn't even know about the job. He didn't know no. it. 
No, and then I tried to tell him, and he was like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'll be upstairs yeah, in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. I'll be on the second level of my trailer. That's a funny joke. <laughs> that kid's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and they did that to you just now? <laughs> wow. I'll see you on set. Can't hear you over the sauna. <laughs> and then the top level just disconnects. And then the security off. window closed. <laughs> Locked twice. But I was thinking, like, with the, especially with the Coen brothers, <laughs> Because I always think I think about raising Arizona. At that point, they weren't super famous yet. They I mean, they'd had a couple yeah, things under the their beginning. belt, but it was right at the beginning. But but I look at a movie like Raising Arizona, and then the actors, and then they're going, um, yeah. So you know, just go farther, like because everyone somehow their you know their genius is having everyone go about as far as someone could possibly go yeah, until yeah. it almost breaks, yeah. and somehow it's grounded. Yeah. Right. How how what what do you think it is? about them that allows that to happen i don't know it's probably in the writing or something i mean how old was nick cage back then 21 yeah i mean he didn't look 21 but he was i mean looks young now in hindsight right but he was well, his like, hairline he was, has never looked 21 no well it did that, that was maybe it that was maybe it that was like a 26 year old hairline or something um but i don't know man they create there's a, there's a great there's that Woody Allen has this too where you just want to and I don't say this like out of idolatry and all but the, you want to you want to please them you want to like on Hail Caesar everybody came on set so prepared except maybe George <laughs> George kind of just fumbles through everything and you know and then you see it and you go how does it work that well I mean he really is good at playing. An idiot. He was. He, he is for he them. Is, yeah. yeah, he's really good at it. You got to be a smart guy to play. Any, I mean, if you look at Alden, you didn't see the movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, Alden uh, uh, Aaron Reich, who's like the discovery in this movie, plays an absolute total idiot, like like old school idiot, like young George idiot, mm-hmm. and he's a total standout. He's amazing. So I don't know what that is. They just find people who <laughs> who have that sense about them. I don't know. I kind of played a simple guy in. You know, uh, what was it called? Uh, no Country? No Country for Old Men. I forgot that. You're really good in that. You should see it. Oh, thanks. You're really good in it. Yeah. But I think when you read I the script... you say, no agua. No agua. <laughs> no agua. I mean, you could have just fucking gave him a guy some water. I'm just saying. I know. Take his money. <laughs> Why'd you go back? Why'd you go back? What's wrong with you? You're an idiot. <laughs> but you read a script like that, and you're like, friendo? Friendo. Are you sure this is going to play? Just trust us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wherever you are, our devs, like, how do you... How much is how much of a Coen Brothers movie is on the page? All of it. So you see all of it on the page. You see all of it on the page, and if they don't, they're like you know they'll get in there and they'll direct. They're very obviously capable of directing, and they'll go in there and they'll say, "Well, let's try a little." But they don't do that very often. I mean, it's just you just get it. They they cast well. They they cast with people who they know is going to get them tonally. I think maybe that comes across in a conversation or something. We ask a lot of questions. When I was before I did Hail Caesar, I asked a lot of questions. I put myself on tape. I sent it to them. I said, "What do you think of this? Like, is this too New Jersey? Is this too too much cadence? Like fifties cadence? Is this boring? Is it too impersonal?" So you figure all that stuff out before. And then once you get on the set, there's a there's a, a rhythm and a and you know the rhythm in No Country is very different than the rhythm in True Grit, which is very different than the rhythm in Hail Caesar. And are they just dictating all of that at the time or later? Collaboratively, on collaboratively. They're they're yeah they're getting together with you and they're saying they don't say much. So you ask the question 
Like, what do you think about this? Like, what should we do? Should, should it be faster? No, 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 no. Slow it down. Slow it down. I, it's hard for me to explain because it's, there's not a lot. <laughs> I don't talk about a lot. <laughs> you know, how am I doing? You know, if I finish a scene, I don't look to them for approval. Put it that way because there's going to be none. Right. And it's not because they don't want to give approval, but we're there to work. Right. So we do have a lot of fun, but I know they're thinking about how is this going to work within the big picture. And they don't have time to massage your ego. No. Yeah. They have they, – they, they, I don't even know if it's possible. I think it's amazing that you can watch dailies. I think a lot of people can't watch dailies or, or, the, or the, the directors don't want them watching dailies because they want to be like, oh, my chin looks weird in this one. Exactly. Can you – I don't know. Can no, you yeah. use another? And then the actor starts like, trying to direct the movie with their ego. Totally. How do you not do that? Which is a lot of people don't see the dailies and, say, and they'll say – I mean when we were doing No Country, you know, you're, you're structuring, you're constructing a silent movie. At least from my point of view, from Llewellyn's point of view, he, he never talks. So how do you do that? How do you differ, How do you convey ideas without really using your mouth? You know, with, you know, using sound and all that kind of stuff. Or when you put a grunt, it actually means something. Because I said when I opened the the cachet and I see the money, I'd say like, what about putting a grunt in here? And they would say, well, how would it sound? <laughs> well, how about they're like, mm. and they go, okay, do you have anything else? And I'd go, I'd go through night. So I don't know if they're fucking with me, if they're bored, <laughs> or if we're actually constructing. I made him grunt for like an hour. No. And then every time I see the movie, because we did use a grunt, they used a grunt. And, and every time we saw the movie together in a screening room or at Berlin or Cannes Film Festival or whatever, you'd hear the grunt. And I'd always know where Ethan was because you'd hear. <laughs> 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 so why would they play a joke on me, use it in the movie, and actually laugh in the audience? Was it personal? Was it for the movie? I don't know. To this day, I don't know. Do you like playing existing characters? Like, do you like playing people who exist? Like the book, like playing Bush, working with Oliver Stone. Was that a strange? Totally strange. And like, uh, 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 fear. I was, I was afraid. You know, when we, I mean, we were in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, and I got arrested after that movie. So, like four hours after I finished, so I already knew we were kind of being looked at. Right. You know what I mean? And you know, and and what it being Oliver Stone, you know, you knew you were probably doing a farce of some sort. Right. On the Republican Party itself, you know, if not specifically Bush. Did was it a you got arrested for like a nothing and then? No, it was stupid. It was really dumb. It usually is every time. <laughs> Kids, but I think it I usually a, is. But I, a, I think I read a quote of yours where you said it was nice to be in jail knowing that I hadn't actually done anything. wrong. And it was wrong. hell being in jail knowing, knowing I hadn't, you hadn't done, done anything, anything wrong. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, it was really dumb, and it was it was really not my fault. I didn't do it. it what what was my fault is I I touched a, a policeman on the shoulder because I was trying to get his attention to tell him something, and that they didn't like. They don't like that. You can't touch police Excuse officers, me. and Go nobody ever yourself. should. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> like no, but anyway, so I knew that it, it was it was a volatile. At least my perception of the whole thing was a volatile situation, which it wasn't. It actually wasn't. People were very kind, and Republicans were very kind about it. But doing that kind of role is amazing because the guy it hasn't been done. Like even you know, the guy's still in office. He's still on his throne. You don't do a movie about somebody still on their throne. The guy who has, you know, went from one of the highest approval ratings to one of the lowest of all time, you know, and uh, and I'm playing him when he is at his lowest. And then and 
when we when I was talking to Oliver about it, I had read a version of the script that was really, really not nice. And I said, there's no reason to do that because that's like watching CNN all day, every day. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody likes him. Like, not even his own people like him. But you point. have to like him because you're playing him. But you have my, to believe no, him. You no, you, you don't. No, you don't? No, absolutely not. You know, you're not going to like Manson. You know, you, get, you, get a, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but, but, but you look for aspect. Like, I'm more interested in finding out personally who this guy is. And then you do start to like him. I mean, he's a likable guy. The guy was... The guy was voted in twice. I don't care who, how many votes of this or that. The guy was actually voted in twice. The fact that more than two people voted for him is amazing. <laughs> and why? Because there's something really like down home, cool, likable about him. For, you know, boots on the yeah. – I don't care Republican, Democrat, any of that shit. It's like he's a likable guy. Why is this all working for Trump? Because there's something that differentiates him from everybody else. It's all – it's not real. Well, you know, I think with that uh, – you know, and again, I don't want to – I Being a dead her- uh, yeah. Well, no, it's, it, it's just what, – what's fascinating to me is seeing Trump and Sanders are both, both doing a very similar thing to their own group. Party. To their, to their, to, to their own supporters, which totally. is – and they're both doing something that no one else tends to do, which is they kind of just say what they really think. That's it. And even though Trump says batshit stuff, it's like, well, yeah, but he, I think what people got from him was they're, I think they're confusing authenticity with <laughs> his, his ability to do a good job. Yeah. You know? But, and Sanders, he's not swayed by anything, and he just says what he thinks. And I think that's what's resonating. That's what totally. resonates with people on, bo- on both sides. There's a very simplistic thing about that that has nothing to do with the realities of the red tape that those guys have to go through in order to create any change whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. They're not talking about any of that. The other people admit it, which is wrong. Hillary and the this, they're going, oh, my God, this is a process. And the, the the society at large is going. We're sick of process. Yeah, we've been we've been buying into process. And look at where we're where we are. Look yep. at where we're at. We want somebody. We want Superman. <laughs> we want the actual cape. We want the guy the tights and has a bulge. And when the women want to fuck him and the guys want to be him. <laughs> and then Donald Trump shows up and they're like, Ah, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. On. <laughs> Make him Not what I was saying, but fine. At well, least just, you have a cape. It's so just like just seeing just seeing so many people trying to go into you know like vying for office, like tap dancing as hard as they can. What do you need me to say? Yeah. What do you need me to say? Totally. What do you, I, I like that. Okay, I don't like that. Totally. Oh, I know I said that before, but now I say something different. It's like yeah, eh, you know his uh, his. I feel like his speeches are just like generated by an algorithm that looks at fifty uh, year old women's Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> and then spits that out. Totally. Like, Dude, I got to say, I got to say, and this is a parallel, but it was like, I did this movie Labor Day with Jason Reitman. And I know why I did it. We like, I called Kate. I always wanted to work with Kate. I was like, please do this movie. She's like, I can't do it now. I got this other movie. We waited a year for her. We did the movie. But for some reason, okay, so you have a guy who, by the way, escapes prison, right? Who for something he says he didn't do, but he actually did. If you watch the movie properly, <laughs> he actually did something really bad. He was in prison. He escapes prison. He kidnaps a woman who's lonely uh-huh. and her son. Sure. Fucks the shit out of the woman for five days <laughs> and then goes back to prison. And every woman who sees the guy, meaning the fan who sees me walking down the street, goes, oh, my God, I loved you in that movie. 
<laughs> it's an exact parallel. I believe. Wait a second. You love the guy who committed murder and escaped and kidnapped and fucked the girl. There was. And they went back to Didn't jail. make love. They were Maybe. not making love. No, they had the right music, so it felt like making love. <laughs> That's the key. But it was really, there was there some, was some serious fucking costume. There was a Labor Day. They had the costumes from Labor Day at the Arclight. Did they really? And me and my comedy writer buddy, Craig Rowan, <laughs> decided to have our picture taken with the Labor Day <laughs> costumes. <laughs> like, were, we such a like, random. What the fuck? Let's such just a go. random. So we would like stains on the legs or something. a stranger to like take our <laughs> right. picture with the we Labor take Day picture. costumes. Like people are watching Labor Day like, <laughs> I wonder what those clothes look like up close. I would love Underwear, those. <laughs> I mean, you, soiled underwear. You understand when you see like it's like a superhero movie, like oh wow, yeah, that's what... super cool. Like I remember when yeah. they had when the uh, when the first Iron Man came out, I, the Iron Man suit was there. Totally, when Dark Knight was there, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Tumblr was there, like super cool stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just like, <laughs> but then the Labor the Day yard, clothes. They walk into the fucking <laughs> not really the Iron Man the suit. Day. <laughs> sort of. You know Labor what? Day. For a certain female demographic, that was the Iron Man yeah, suit. Right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And it could have been that I was there on a Wednesday afternoon. Maybe they took it out for the rest of the time. <laughs> Wednesday afternoons, they wheel that back out. <laughs> These were the pants from Glengarry Glen Ross. Is that really what people right. took really? away from uh, that movie? Uh, really? Uh, uh, uh. When does Hail Caesar come out? Tomorrow. 12th, right? Comes out tomorrow. No, tomorrow. Friday. Friday. Comes out Friday. This is actually going up the day that it comes out. Tomorrow is what? Thursday? Tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, so it comes tom- out February 5th. Oh, it actually comes out on the f- yeah, it's 5th, but it comes out Thursday night, so it's really the 4th. The fourth, um, technically the fourth. Technically the fourth, but uh, yeah, they say it's the fifth. Yeah, it's you... supposed to be bigger than Star Wars. I've heard. I think that's what I had. How yeah, it's tracking. It's finally going to overtake Avatar, right? Yeah, yeah. Overtake yeah. Avatar, which hasn't Star Wars overtaken no. Avatar? It has not. No, not worldwide. What's worldwide on Avatar? Two seven. Is Star it Wars really? isn't going to make it. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars isn't going to make right? it. Right. Right. Wow. Two seven. What the fuck what were the we fuck? all thinking? <laughs> I didn't pay for it. That's not my fucking money that went into that I can tell you movie. how I could have been involved in Avatar, but was not. Oh, please. I could have been involved. Please? I won't tell you that. No. Oh, um, how can you tease? No, but I could have. I mean, you can you can kind of sum it up yourself, but, you know, I, it, it, yeah. And then, and then Sigourney well, then Weaver made, swept in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Made two points of, yeah. But $2.7 billion. So where's where's Star Wars at right now? Number uh, two. It's like two. Point no, it ju- I think it's just crossed two just internationally. Crossed two, so it's, it's crossed two. Man, I probably won't. Yeah. I don't know. They think it's going to put her out. But when Hail Caesar comes out, which costs almost $700 million to make. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a wise investment. They say that the projection, the proper projection, is $4.2 billion. I can't wait. I mean, this is going to be. I mean, Clooney's trailer alone was probably like $600 million of that, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking about Clooney. Okay. I'm talking about him. We're 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 talking yeah, it comes out soon. It's good. It's a lot of fun, man. It really is a lot of fun. I, I having been, you know, like I said, feral in the in the in the woods of North Carolina, and coming out and cleanly seeing this movie. It's uh, it's fun. And the truth is, I would I believe you when you say that because I honestly, having talked to you for an hour and mm-hmm. six minutes, yeah. I feel like if you didn't like something that you worked on, you go, yeah, I didn't really like it. Oh, no, I no. didn't really have a good time. Jonah Hex hated it. Yeah. Hey, wait, you hated the experience of making it or the final product? Both. Okay. The experience of making, though, that would have been a better movie based on what we did Mm -hmm. as opposed to what ended up happening to it, which is going back and reshooting 66 pages in 12 days. 
and and that being you know and listen i understand as financiers you're trying to save right. money and it's all, it becomes a financial thing but i if and not even as it, you know there's a thing called revenge trading if you lose on a stock and you keep playing that stock because you hate that you lost on that stock that's revenge <laughs> trading and i'm disciplined enough and and knowledgeable enough to know that you don't just don't do that but with Jonah Hex, I if I had five million dollars, which is how I always saw that movie, and I yeah. remember when I was talking to Warner Brothers and Jeff Robinoff about doing that movie, I High Plains Drifter is what I put on the TV. I said that's what I want to do. Yeah, I would do that movie still. Uh. I would still that version of the movie if I ever actually had the balls to spend five million dollars, which I don't. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would do that movie because that would have been the movie that yeah. would have been successful for sure. And it didn't need to cost any more than eight million, ten million, twelve yeah. million, yeah, for sure. What was the final budget? Do you remember? A lot, yeah, a lot more than that. Do you know? Not what... a lot, but but you know, mid mid budget. I did read today. Speaking of budgets, the Star Wars advertising budget what oh was two hundred and fifty million dollars. So for P and A, two hundred and fifty million. Yes. I love this shit. And the movie I love talking about this shit. itself budget was two hundred. So it cost more to advertise that movie for sure. Two hundred million yep. at two fifty, yep. four fifty. They say worldwide you have to make double what you spent on both of those. So in order to break even, which is four fifty, that's nine hundred. Yep. You have to make nine hundred to break even. So they're doing. They're just doing. They're going to be fine. They're doing okay. But it's also doing all the ancillary fine. product stuff too. There's so much. Well, Star the merchandising, stuff. merchandising, no, no, and all that crazy. stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're like you're a stock guy. Yeah. 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 I, I I traded for a while, for a long time. I still do once in a while, but I was fully trading for three years. What did you like about it? Oh, I love everything about it. What it's fun. Like about it, but didn't what didn't? You well, I'm like just curious because I, I know you know yeah. like there was a period of time where I thought this seems really interesting, and then I started doing some research, and everything was if you were not fully committed, totally following every day, uh, fun. just like if you fun. try to casually play DraftKings, you get, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get fucked. <laughs> the best parallel dude, I've ever heard. It's so true. It's so true. You have to be really, really, really committed, disciplined, not committed, disciplined, disciplined. That's what it is. People go out there and they want to do it. And they look at this and that. They heard that made 500%. And then I'm going to make 500%. And then they lose all their money. News, fake news. CNN mm-hmm. is fake news. Yeah. Right? Briefing.com is real news. So by the time you hear the news in CNN and whatever, Bloomberg, it's already happened. So it's meaningless. Yeah. If you're really into trading. And then being able to see the, the matrix and stuff and be able to look what, what's a phony buy and what's a real buy. Because people put phony names, phony numbers up, and there's a way to do that. Can we be best friends? They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you learn, and then you have fun, you know. And the kids are like, "I gotta go to school," and I'll be like, "Right there." I mean, everything yeah. that you do really kind of has this common. There's this common denominator of basically like seeking out and trying to eliminate as much bullshit as possible. Th- that and how how what my capacities are. That's the, that's the goal. It's 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 a it's a purely narcissistic goal. Do you have a do you think you have a correct assessment of your own capacities? No. Because, and that's what makes that's why I keep doing stuff. That's why I keep that's why acting is fun because I don't, I don't particularly love it because it's it's a torturous uh 
you know, uh, ordeal sometimes. But, but you know, with new mo- that's why I don't want to do a series. I remember Taya Leone was like, oh, we got to get off the set. I can't wait to do a series. She loved the idea of doing the same thing every day and what structure ranks and structured and playing the same character. I don't. I love the idea of doing a new movie and researching that and getting into it and then you do it and then you're done and then you recoup and then you look at another one and decide which another. Yeah, I'm in a position, thank God, very gratefully to be in a position to go which one next. Yeah. You know, and what does that mean? And like, it's, it's all, it's all a guessing game. And like, how can I challenge myself? How can I challenge myself? That's it. Like I said, purely narcissistic. Yeah. But I mean, but you know, not, not narcissism in the clinical sense of the word. It's, I mean, maybe it might be, maybe there's ego. It's not arrogant. Right. It is about me. I mean, there's, I'm curious about, I really am. I'm curious about. This is Joel and Ethan, too, and I think it's one of the reasons why we get along so well is they truly are interested because of their own social ineptness, if that's a word, <laughs> yeah. um, of what makes what, the human condition and what makes people tick and why people react the way they do. You know, like Ethan's a great example. Ethan, <laughs> we're out doing No Country for Old Men and we're in the middle of a scene in the middle of the desert and Roger's like changing a light or something. And he and I are kind of looking at the ground, shuffling our feet. And he goes, Ethan goes, oh, and I go, what? And he goes, nobody's going to see this movie. And he walked away. And I was like, what the fuck, man? You can't just say that in the middle of the movie and walk away. You know, so everybody's asking us. It was like, and it's hard to tell that story because people are like, like, did you feel it on the set? Like, that's my favorite movie of did you feel it? And I was like, and I'm thinking of Ethan going, oh, <laughs> God, why? Why do I suck so bad? It was bound to happen sooner or later. It was bound to happen sooner the, or later. Sooner this is or later, the president of Hollywood taps you on the shoulder. He says, right, right. I'm sorry, you're not invited. And you got to go home. And it's embarrassing in front of everybody. I mean, it's just the imposter syndrome. <laughs> everyone, everyone has it. That's, a, that's exactly right. Everyone has it. But I think it's good. I think that's good because if you didn't have a little bit of that, you wouldn't try. You yeah. wouldn't. You wouldn't strive. Like it's. There's nothing wrong with fear. There's nothing wrong with stress. There's nothing wrong with self doubt. Totally. It's people who can use that to their advantage and or want push that. It. And it's a, it's a motivator. I, I'm not. I don't feel shame because of it. I don't go around and think I'm. You know. Maybe I did when when I was younger. But I'm, that was motivating too. When I saw Thrashing, I thought that was the worst <laughs> performance I'd ever seen. And I have to go to New York because I have to figure this out. So that was motivating. I was, it's just my, in, my, in my DNA to be I, – I like that stuff. I like stuff that motivates me and maybe a little – you know, I, that's why you know, when you do movies that aren't – you know, movies, maybe they see them, maybe they don't. And all, you know, I've been hit enough you know, and it's okay. I don't feel like I'm going to – I'm definitely not going to – nobody's going to knock me out. I know that for sure. I know that for sure. But I spent 20 years working. And I didn't have a hit. I didn't have. I had people come up to me and they're like, "Dude, I loved you," and you know, the Goonies or whatever. And they were like, "So, so, like, what do you do now?" <laughs> and you're like, and "I'm curious I'm how you answer act. that. How do you answer that question?" Well, you're like, "I'm acting. I'm putting. I have kids. I got to put food on the table. No, I'm but trading. what are you really I'm doing? Got, yeah, no, I've done like, yeah." But I haven't seen you. You're like, they're not doing movies people see anymore, right? <laughs> oh, fine. I'm a yeah. partner at Chunks Firm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't yeah, do it. You but, haven't seen it, so that means I haven't done it. And anything. then you do a movie, like, you know, after 20 whatever years, and then you do a movie, No Country for Old Men, and 
And and Cohen said it. Cohen says I, I, there was a New York Times article that I saw recently, and they and they said something about. They said he's not doing anything differently. He's just doing movies that people are watching now. He's always done good work. That was very nice of them. That was like the greatest compliment. It was, I think, the only compliment I've ever gotten from them. But a really good one. A really good one. <laughs> but it is a lot but, of you know, like that success was twenty years of preparation. And consistency, sure, and con- and then sooner or later it just tipped. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's uh, it was uh, uh, um, uh, disciplining me to get to a place where I, I don't. I'm expecting it. I expect the punches. It's okay. It's okay now. You know, it's like some things work. Some things you just said it. You just said it about your show. You just let it go. I yeah. let it go a lot. I let it go. And even talk shows, man. I used to go on. I used to get so. Oh my God! I was like, "What if I don't? What if I say the wrong thing? Or what if I don't sound? I mean, horribly, like debilitatingly nervous." And now I don't give a shit. Well, some of that's some of that's youth too. Like, some of I don't give a shit. I care, but I'm able to have a conversation now based on whatever the chemistry is. Because you're wiser to. and you're more comfortable with who you are. More it's comfortable. Just I'm older. I'm like the only guy on the planet that's actually enjoying getting older. What do you it's, like about it? Oh God, man! It's everything. Everything, even my balls dropping. I enjoy. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? As what? I was, I was gonna, I was a split second away. I, know, from I being saw like, it in your eyes. So- <laughs> I picked up. I picked up on it, and I was like, you know what? So you don't mind tripping over your own balls? I, I'm not gonna I didn't even say it. Right. And you were right there. I was right there for you. I'm here for you, man. We were That's connected, whole, man. We're, we're here. We're making now love. Now it's been an man. hour and like 16 minutes. We're making and I'm still love. here for you. We're making love. We're making love. We're, making we're not fucking. Love. We're making love. <laughs> now tell me about Thanos. Tell me about Thanos. I want to hear about Thanos. Everybody's so amazed about I know. that like, whole thing. It's great. I read, I, I read a thing, and I, re- I mean, what, what I read is that you said, like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I, you know, they're saying, no, oh, I do, it's pretty. No, but I do know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. How's that? I didn't know. The severity of the reaction, not to me, but to the fact that it's even happening. Yeah. The fact that he's going to be there and the fact that they're going to get to watch him for more than a minute. Yeah. Means so much to people. Like, and I, and I just told a story earlier where I walked into a comic book shop that was on the corner of the street of the house that I rented when I was doing Sicario. And I went in there and guys fucking flipped. I mean, they had like, they, like they peed. Like they flipped. You're part of it now. No, that's the thing. And I talked to Ruffalo about it, and and you know Mark, who plays Hulk, and I was like, "What's this thing?" Because there's a lot of great actors, you know, doing uh, some great parts for Marvel. That's the smartest thing they ever did, you know. And and Mark is so good. He's such a good actor. He's a better actor now than he's ever been. You look at him at Spotlight. He's unbelievable. He's incredible. And he's still playing the fucking Hulk. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Like, what's uncool? There's nothing uncool about it. It used to be that you sold out when you weren't doing great work. Right. And then you played, you know, Jonah Hex or something. <laughs> Who would do that? But, but no, but, but I get it. And that was my mentality, too, of why can't we embrace all these things? And it's happening. And whether you like Marvel or not, they're genius in making that happen. Because now you have... Better actors like, you know, even Spader, man, you know, coming and doing all these things. And they're doing like, why not? Why does it have to be a schmaltzy thing? Why can't you get good people and create good moments and just, uh, you know, anyway, I uh, I ran out of steam. No, (laughs) I'm I'm glad that you admitted it. Best way to end the podcast ever. I'm out. He's empty. Dude, and I only have, yeah. 
It's time. Tanks oh my god! Good. Oh no, you only got through three bottles. I'm not going to make no. you get through four water notes. No, I don't. Good. We've, but, done, we've um, pulled three off. I think that's good. God damn Dave, it! To listen, all three. This was great. Those are all three right there. Does his own foley work? I had a, a lot of, and I'm not just saying this. I actually, I didn't know because I asked uh, Liz Mahoney, my wonderful sister slash publicist, who uh, I said, "So what? You know, how long does this?" And she's like, "An I, like an hour." You're like, Jesus like, Christ, why oh, would anyone fuck, do that? That's a long time. Yeah. Like, and it's... Just goes right by. No, it's, no, it's a... not. It goes, this one went right by. Nice! <laughs> it's like, a, it's like right a coffee chat. It's like, hey, I met you at a thing. Let's go grab coffee. We'll talk and get to know each other. I've never met it. anybody for coffee and went and talked for an hour. You Ever. Not, not one time. Ever. Not one time. So this will be the first. <laughs> come meet us for water. You want to come meet us for <laughs> some waters? Uh, Hail Caesar. Uh, it's open now. It's open now. But it's come on Friday, so it's open now, February 5th. Yeah. And uh, it's good to see you, and please come Thanks, back man. sometime. We'd love to. Check in. I will. Next Where's time you got to promote one of those bullshit Marvel projects. <laughs> I know, exactly right. <laughs> Swing back into like the, the nerdist. One. No, that won't be the next one. <laughs> but it will be close to the next one. Yeah. yeah. But whenever, honestly, please. Okay. Come back. Thanks. You can be the new other member of the podcast. I love it. It's a, it's a trio. I and like then, it. And you know, always maybe bring a, a costume from Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to see those up close. <laughs> Did you it wear was pants glass? In that I couldn't movie? touch it. Dude, oh. that was like perfect full circle right there. Bring the costume from Labor Day and maybe some 59 year old in heat woman that's following. That's your homework for the that's next time. That's my homework. All right. That's your homework for the next time. I loved when he got out of jail and fucked that lady. Literally, a bunch. literally, dude. That was great. And I don't want to take away from anybody, and I'm not even saying this to protect myself, but but to, to you know, people like I was doing Hail Caesar and I had another one. They were like, Oh my god, and I go, Labor Day, and they go, Yes. <laughs> so, you know. It all works, man. All right. Uh, Hail Caesar and touches... Labor Day available in VOD. <laughs> VOD. As long as it touches the libido. It's all That's good. All that matters. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.